0: Welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God and Independent RPG Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me, as always, my lovely co host,
1: Nadia Oxford. Out of my way, Kat. I'm going to see my mother.
0: And also joining me, Eric Van Allen.
2: <laughs> I had, I was thinking of a million different things <laughs> that I could use in my intro, and I just wasn't ready for that. And now it's all out the
1: window. <laughs> <laughs> it came to me in a second. I'm sorry. I was like, oh God, God what am I supposed to say? Know oh okay sephiroth today oh, we sephiroth. are
2: all we are all gongaga today that's what i'll say we are all gongaga
1: <laughs> gongaga we're
0: an expert on the backwaters truly we have a lot to cover this week final fantasy 7 remake part 2's trailer finally dropped it's going to be called final fantasy 7 remake reunion or oh, sorry is it called reunion or is it called rebirth 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 I can't keep rebirth. the reasons. It's called no, it's a lot of
1: Rees. They love their Re's. There's a lot
0: of Re's. Just as mm-hmm. we predicted. Aren't we so smart? You know so we're many very things. Clever. Yes, we yes, we called it. Or more specifically, Alex Donaldson called it. I was just kind of following this lead. But yes, we're gonna talk about that full reveal. Plus, Crisis Core is getting a remaster that actually looks a lot like a remake. It's coming on Nintendo Switch too, And Dragon's Dogma 2, the game that's gonna outsell them both combined, has also been confirmed. All very exciting stuff, but even more exciting, our $100 patron, VV Complex. She's finally coming on the show. She's got her segment, and we're going to be talking about RPG makers. Oh my gosh, what a fun topic. I cannot wait. So it's going to be an outrageously packed show, and that's not even including the summer of Gundam, but first, a little housekeeping. Thank you so much for your support of the show. If you enjoy the show, if you're new to the show, why don't you go give us a review I'm the podcatcher of your choice. We appreciate it. Raises the profile of the show. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore kappa. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford. And Eric is at CMOOSI, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. There's plenty of going on right now on Axe of the Blood God, including the summer of Gundam, the guide to Gundam just dropped for our $5 patrons and above. Uh, we had our special guests Mike Williams and Jeremy Parishon to talk all things about Gundam. If you're new, maybe fast forward to the 45 minute mark when we actually start talking about what the
1: heck Gundam even is. Mm. Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah. We kind Uh, of, uh, we we were kind of set loose like dogs off the leash (laughs) and we kind of talked (laughs) over each other. We were very excited, very excited to be talking about Gundams. Um, also Nadia, Charlie and dropouts is coming out this week, isn't it? Yes, it is. This week is another episode of Charlie and dropouts a little earlier this month. I think last month it was the end of the month, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always a good time to be a dropout. So come on by. Yes, this is all accessible
0: to our patrons on patreoncom slash and of course we have our stars of destiny who all get to come here and hang out with us while we are recording. And this week we are joined by Teeps, Pidgeotto, Legend, R.I.P. Amy, Beware the Slimes, Doctor Horror, E.J., Not Hollow, Magno Alts, Sardin, and of course Vivi Complex, our star. This week, Yay! truly the star of destiny mm-hmm. star of the shows the stars of the stars mm-hmm. very excited to have her on and speaking of uh my nuzlocke run it's over now r.i.p it was going we were having a great time with it and then i ran into morty morty's gengar and y'all my my nuzlocke run ended in the stupidest way possible i am sad to say because i made a crucial crucial and very dumb mistake I didn't bring any awakenings
1: with me. Oh, why cat? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm.
2: I just That's I like, walked in.
1: Mistake.
0: I walked in and I'm starting to fight. I'm like doing all right. You know, Nadia 2, the growl- growlith Growlithe is like ar- 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 <laughs> gnawing on these ghastlies, <laughs> taking them out in one shot, <laughs> feeling pretty good about myself. And then the first haunter puts me to sleep. And I'm like, uh oh, oh crap. And I check my inventory. I only have one full heal. Use the full heal. Wake up, my Growlithe. But, but this beginning of the end. I actually got that Gengar down to a sliver of life. But in the end, they got the Gengar. Got everybody to sleep, and then just started yes. using gr- Dream Eater. Dream Eater wiped yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
0: wiped my entire party, and that was that.
1: My Nuzlocke run was over. I have to um, give props to Pokemon because it does the real old school version of sleep. Like in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, I know most modern RPGs, it's like you could put to sleep, you get hit, big deal, you wake up. Uh, Dragon Quest and Pokemon, if you're asleep, you could be in a lot of trouble if RNG is not on your side. Uh-huh, and the RNG was not
0: on my side mm. in this case. But then again, I should have won that battle. I made a horrible, horrible mistake. I should have stocked up in Awakenings. But alas, that is how my Pokemon journey ends. I may do it again, honestly, because I have some ideas on how I would better optimize things. Maybe maybe I'll do it next month. Maybe I'll do yeah, it next month for I might do it again next month for a certain event that we have oh. planned. Oh. in July. Secret.
2: Yeah. It's Thinking about Pokemon tastic stream then.
0: <laughs> I know. Seriously. Well it's a year a Pokemon, y'all. That's what it is. It is. is. Mm-hmm. So but yeah. Um that was a lot of fun. I had a good time. So maybe I'll try it again. But in the meantime I'm getting caught up in Persona 3 Portable. I'm I'm into June now, so soon enough we'll be getting uh, this week in GeckoCon, or more specifically this month in GeckoCon. Not the least because Persona 3 Portable is coming out on Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. now, so y'all can all join me
2: on Very Nintendo exciting. Switch.
0: Yeah, that's where oh, it belongs. Where oh, wait concerned. a minute, did I say something? No, just kidding. It's coming out on <laughs> Switch eventually. Come on, you know
1: it is. Well, <laughs> I announced uh, it on I'm that. Already, new- I I fell for the Persona 5 is coming to uh, Switch announcement that the fake Atlas thing put up. I, oh i i'm so stupid i can't believe i went for the rookie bait it'll probably be on that nintendo direct or something we'll see whenever that shows up feel whenever like that i'm feeling like up? whenever y- that shows you know up. you ever have one of those dreams where you need to pee and like you can't like even if you do in the dream you don't pee and it's just really frustrating that's how i feel right now about nintendo direct <laughs> just come on already let me pee oh yes nintendo let nadia <laughs> pee that is the decree damn
2: it damn it doug bowser let nadia pee
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean everybody is saying june 28th but you know nintendo
1: they're gonna delay it just to spite all it. of us oh absolutely mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. put it forward what i really think you're gonna do and, and r.i.p both of you when this happens you're gonna drop it without any warning and it's not gonna be a stream it's just gonna be there it's on the site go watch <laughs>
2: They haven't done oh, that God. in a hot minute. That was they have a not done that in a hot minute. Yeah. When they
1: did that at US, when I was at US Gamer, was that was like,
2: that was horrible. Waking up and be like, wait, no, that's a fake, right? No, there's there's a direct live. Like it's just a YouTube video. It's out right now. Like okay, thanks, Nintendo. And Twitter's
1: already on fire,
2: and you yeah. have to like sort it all out. Oh, what a mess! It's like 9 a.m. and I'm still dragging myself out of bed.
0: <laughs> and stuff's already leaking from it. I mean, we had that Tactics Ogre remake leak that was uh, great. There that were the was square though <laughs> that there were those fire whoops. emblem images that totally leaked whenever mm-hmm. that's going to get announced so like you can't keep it under wraps that long uh, eventually stuff is going to end up leaking so
1: i heard something about fire emblem i know people were complaining about the the, the supposed heroin having like bad color toothpaste scheme like hair. red and blue toothpaste and hair like,
2: was was the phrase hair. yes there have been With many memes hair? Paste toothpaste hair? Toothpaste
1: hair. Toothpaste. Your uh, a aquafresh to save us all.
2: Yeah, it looks like, you know, those like crest toothpaste yeah. that have like the three different colors? It kind of looks like that. My, the um, comparisons hmm. I saw was,
1: this, was the Pepsi logo. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't think it looked that bad, but I have absolutely no color theory in my head whatsoever. It's...
2: it's... It's Fire Emblem. I th- I thought Chez from Three Hopes looked bad, and then I saw Chez from Three Hopes in action. I was like, Shez looks fine. So
1: it was kind of the same. Yeah, definitely with the uh, Three Houses. A lot of people were complaining about how the game looked, and it's like, well, it doesn't matter how it looks. I suppose it played fantastically mm-hmm. well. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's
0: get right to the big news, and we'll start with the one that will be of the most interest to Nadia, at least. Final yes. Fantasy VII Remake Part Two's trailer is here. It's, as we already said, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I was kind of worried that it was only going to be a you know a logo or an icon or something, but no, we did actually get some scenes, including the legendary calm flashback with Sephiroth and Cloud being buddy buddy. And y'all, it looked really
1: gorgeous. Looked yeah, really Cloud, good. quote unquote. I noticed that the um, when I, I first saw them walking, and it's Sephiroth and Cloud walking through, I think the Nibelheim mountains, uh, kind of, which is it Cloud's flashback. You play through it, and as I said on Twitter, the original introduction of Sephiroth when he one shots that green dragon is one of the most incredible cinematic moments. Like that blew my little mind. That was like a real "Wow, we're in 32-bit now" moment for me. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering how they'll handle it in the uh, remake. Because to be honest as much as i like remake they did kind of ruin the whole mystery behind Sephiroth, the surprise like you were like when you were chasing after him in the original game and he would do things like spear that big ass snake on a on a stake and like oh crap this is what we're up against but so either way we're getting the flashback and it makes me wonder what else are we getting because most of the stuff we saw was from that flashback so number one how long is this actual title? because we we'll are getting into it but there's going to be three parts Number two, are we going open world yet? Or are we just kind of going on a track to calm and, and staying on this, like, you know, kind of hallway simulator that we've had with the Final Fantasy VII remake so far? And, um, yeah, where will it end? And there was some discussion in the background. Like, you could hear Cloud talking to Tifa because they're also talking about, like, the, what happened to both of them in Nibelheim and how they remember it. And that's one of, like, the eeriest parts of Final Fantasy VII was are conflicting stories. And I'm curious to see how it goes.
2: I'm I'll I'm say what I've already said in written form. There there's no roads where we're going, Nadia, because yeah, the end of, we we talked about this last week, but I'm now so assured in it, so believing in myself and the power of anime that the FF7 remake project, again, it's very important. That first game, it's not remake part two. The first game was just called remake because guess what they did? They remade Final Fantasy Seven. They re- right. like the literal word remake. They restarted it and they brought it back. And now, I mean, the whole end of that game was literally them saying we're doing away with the legacy. So honestly, I think we're going to see a lot of the locales that we expect and the characters that we expect. As far as what's going to happen, the actual story content of it. Doors wide open, we could we could be doing whatever in this world. And there's very strong evidence to suggest that uh, we are going to be dealing with the ramifications of what happened at the end of the first game, uh, dealing with a lot of the things that went unsaid for a long time in Final Fantasy seven, the original, as well as possibly dealing with some multiverse crazy mm-hmm. meta bullshit and it's gonna be oh, great it's gonna be so good i just like i love the evangelion rebuilds and the way that they looked at classic evangelion and said what do we do here how do you you can't you cannot redo as evangelion once said you have to simply make anew and make fresh and i'm so excited seven's taking this route i am like alive from this i could run a mile let's go
0: god i hate it I hate it so much. so good. In Final Fantasy VII Remake, Eric, there was this door, and this door had a chain mm-hmm. on it, and on that mm-hmm. door was a sign, and it said, Nomura and Nojima Bullshit, and Remake <laughs> spends the entire game pulling that chain away, bit by bit, link by link, and at the end, they just rip it off And that door bursts open, and out comes Genesis, and Angeal, and that guy from Intergrade, and all of the Dirge of Cerberus crap. It's all coming out. Just giant deluge. Bring it. Bring it. (laughs) It's horrible. Angeal is great. Uh, Crisis Core is great. Angeal's fine. Angeal's fine. I agree. I... Look, Final Fantasy VII was a good story, and there's such a thing as good simplicity. Final Fantasy VII was not a simple tale, but... I mean, in in its own weird way, it managed to be you know more efficient. And then they just kept piling stuff on, piling stuff on, and trying to tell this definitive tale that incorporates all of the compilation stuff, while also going full on into meta nonsense. It ruins the original story. It They're does. not trying to
2: tell the original story though, and that's the thing. The, the original, original story, story was great. Still exists. Well, the new story and is it's not still good. There. It's no. still there. No, I think the new story. I think good. the new, I like the new story is great, and
1: I think a lot will come down to how it's acted. And the first game, the acting was fantastic, and the characterization was fantastic. And if they keep that up, they can throw whatever meta nonsense they want to me. Because I love characters like Zach. I love characters like his, his relationship with Aerith. Like to me, it's like my one of my favorite ships ever. So I'm good with it
2: look how much more time we're getting with all these characters in the remake. Look how much more we're loving characters like Jesse and Biggs and Wedge in the remake. Look at all these moments that are so emphatically good out of the remake. And guess what? They were coming out of the fact that this remake project is giving them time to look back at Final Fantasy VII and say, okay, if we're going to play around with these characters again, what do we want to do differently? Yeah. What do we want to change? Who do we want to spend more time with? Like, and And from there, it goes on to well, how do you tell a story that isn't just remaking? And like, I I, I I, don't know. I don't need Final Fantasy VII again. I think if they had come out and just made Final Fantasy VII again with better graphics, I think it would have been a disappointment. So I think it would have honestly this, fallen short. Who is this
0: story for? Is it for the dwindling number of fans? Or is it because, guess what? Nobody remembers Final Fantasy VII. You could have freaking remade it without ruining it. But it's not and really it have an entirely new most... generation who could appreciate it who don't appreciate the original game.
2: It's Final Fantasy is like one of the most well-remembered RPGs in history. Yeah. People remember Final Fantasy 7 even if they don't remember the minutia, they I've remember the big I was talking to
0: people. I was talking to Red Valentine who was like, "I didn't play Final Fantasy 7 and I could not get into it." You know, there's but there there's are a lot of people, people who like did. Her. Like... yeah, it's well remembered. Mm-hmm. It's well remembered, that doesn't mean people have played it. It should be a ex- story that can be experienced. But there is a reason go, for a more straight-up it. remake. There but is such a thing experience. as not. There's such a thing as not disrespecting the source material. But It doesn't
2: disrespect. It's on like every the platform. Here. The only game yeah. Yeah, that's on more platforms old. than it is Skyrim it doesn't really
1: hold up. <laughs> it does, though. I play it all the time just to kind of go back and say, "Hey, this was a pretty good RPG." I, I really the enjoyed this RPG. Glasses
0: off. It doesn't really hold
1: up. It doesn't. Okay, cat, cat, cat. You have to understand, (laughs) I went through a period where I really hated Final Fantasy VII. And I said, Uh this game sucks. And I went back when I was an adult and had control of my faculties as an adult and said, oh, you know what? For all its flaws, this is actually an RPG that's really got a lot of heart, a lot of depth, a really intriguing story that does not make a whole lot of freaking sense in the first place, not to mention the translation is god-awful. So if they want to give me some sort of crazy-ass hocus-pocus, great, it's even better if Tifa, Cloud, and Aerith all kiss. That'd be it even, (laughs) they could say whatever they wanted in that case.
2: And now Zach's
1: back, so Zach and Aerith Zach's can kiss. Back, it's perfect. Baby, Zach's
2: and then back. Tifa can kiss Aerith, it's and Cloud can go fiction, do whatever. Who cares about Cloud? It's pure Cloud fan fiction
1: here. nonsense. I care about Cloud. It is. It's but all it's fair gorgeous fair fan Enix fiction where Enix is, is fan it's, fiction nonsense.
2: Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Final Fantasy seven, if you took base Final Fantasy seven and just gave it shiny new graphics, is that all it needs to to hold up? See, because do I don't you know think why that's Final what people Fantasy want.
0: is not relevant anymore. It's because of Final Fantasy seven. What? Yeah.
2: Final I'm Fantasy XIV is it the out there. biggest MMO on Earth.
0: It just makes no freaking sense. Cat. <laughs>
1: He's smoking horseweed. I don't know what's going on today.
2: Cat's out here firing from no, the final, on board Four- <laughs> final fantasy number one.
1: Final Fantasy XIV is its own thing. People
0: don't play Final Fantasy XIV because they love Final Fantasy. They play it because it's the only relevant MMO left. That's why. Okay?
1: <laughs> um. I mean, I play because I love Final Fantasy. I have a friend who also plays it because he just thinks it's a great game. It's, uh, I can't even get mad at these hot takes because they're from outer space. I don't know what's going on.
2: Kat, before logging on to this podcast, said, today we settle all family business. <laughs> Skyrim's on the top 25. Skyrim I, is better. No, no. Just, uh, mm, mm, mm. Okay. Okay. But I'm like the point I'm trying to make is that I, I legitimately think if if they even did a remake of Final Fantasy seven, like they just said, OK, here's the full game Final Fantasy seven and it just looks nice. That would have been a disappointment. I don't think a lot of people would like that because then a lot of people who didn't you think like people who didn't play Final Fantasy seven in the first place are really just going to go like, oh, well, it does look nice. So I'll play it now like that. The thing that didn't appeal to them back then is not the thing that's going to appeal to them now. And we like have Final Fantasy 7 remake appeals thing. to people for a reason, it's beyond just the fact that it looks nice. So yeah.
0: Final Fantasy 7 remake, one, I think one of the bigger mistakes it's made is it's a multi-part story. They broke it into three parts because they had to get bigger and bigger and bigger and the scope of this game is completely out of control and I think that if Final Fantasy VII Remake had been one game and one cohesive story and they hadn't let it go completely insane, trying to incorporate every last thing that has ever happened, I think it honestly would have been more successful. I think people would have been into it. I think it would have been a big deal when it came out. I do. Especially if it was well done. And honestly, while they do expand on the setting in some ways they don't do it enough. Like the side quests aren't very good in Final Fantasy VII Remake, for example. So there were ways to expand on the lore and the canon the original content without
1: letting the scope get completely out of control. Kat, did this is the Final Fantasy remake haunting you? Like is it like coming back from the dead? Because you had a problem with the review to begin with. You, it's always been a conflict in your heart. Do your that...
2: families have an ancient grudge? Uh, have you like been harboring a rivalry with Tetsuya Nomura for decades now that you have to now?
1: Yeah, sorry. I'm on Nomura's side.
0: And the end of Final Fantasy VII remake broke me. <laughs> <laughs> the lost episode it made me excited it's like oh shit here comes zach what's gonna happen now Who knows? the last episode of x Ax- that that episode of axe the blood god the lost one
2: the lost where one, i just yeah.
0: completely lose my mind on like one hour of sleep <laughs> after that ending completely broken i was never the same i wish we saved that, save that. <laughs> sarden's asking in the chat are we recreating the lost rant right now not that. a
2: little bit yeah it's not, not that, that, that dissimilar
0: viral. from it <laughs> Nadia remembers me going completely. Nuts. Barely.
1: <laughs> I was like, Jeez. "Oh, we're putting this up." Okay.
2: I just remember your general mental state after finishing that game and being like, "Huh, huh." Cat did not like I, that game, huh? <laughs> he, blue screen
0: of death. Uh, and BB was just saying, "I think there's a supercut of Cat saying that the original Final Fantasy 7 holds up." Yeah, you're right. I just, I'm completely hysterical right now. Okay, just <laughs> leave me alone.
2: <laughs> just Kat crazy Bailey queen of the whispers. <laughs>
0: I don't know what that means. Oh, oh I get it now. Oh, goddammit. it!
2: Um, ah. Yeah, yeah. The the whisper queen is here. Um.
0: All right, let's talk about Final Fantasy VII remake without arguing about it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be in part uh, three parts. Apparently, part three mm-hmm. is already underway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be done this decade. And I say this without <laughs> this being decade. a hint of facetiousness. Yeah. I think it'll be out by twenty twenty six thereabouts. Like, mm-hmm. I. D- I do think this is actually going to happen. Yeah, It's going to be yeah. done. Uh, it will have been wild that this game will have, series have been going for like six years. Um, I will be ready to put a, put a rest to it when it's over. Um, yeah, like what else did we notice from the trailer out of curiosity?
2: I mean, there's there was the line that caught people's ears, I think, was Tifa saying something about an imposter. Um, that one jumped out at me immediately. Um, obviously, they're playing with some of the imagery of Aerith And and the idea, you know, in remake part one, it was already kind of theorized that Aerith knew what was going on, had an inkling of things that were happening, that things were a bit amiss, a bit different. And so is there potential that Aerith knows what's coming or Aerith, we might avoid Aerith dying completely. Um, I'm personally very interested to see what happens now that Cloud and Zack are alive at the same time my my freaking kingdom for a scene where cloud fights Zack, and we get to play as cloud or zach oh. honestly i mean either one flip back and forth pull like an mgs2 or like uh end of near automata like have some fun with it like let's do this like that's yeah, what i'm i
1: too for. enjoy fan fiction it's good
2: it's just good
1: crisis <laughs> core i've said many times has a lot of like <laughs> cut scenes in it that are much better than they have to be that they have any right to be so it's, it's a very emotional story and I'm looking forward to, to I was actually re-watching the ending because my husband had never seen it and uh, I can't remember I think it was John from uh, um, Good Vibes Gaming was talking in, de- in depth about Crisis Core if you want to go ahead and, and watch that video I highly recommend it because he made the he really lays out the Crisis Core, what's good, what's bad, what works really well, and so we were watching that, and I had my husband watch the the ending again, and man, that's a real heartbreaker of an ending, just uh, even just, uh, it's a little bit personal, but the thing I love about the relationship between Zack and Cloud is, Cloud Zach supports Cloud when he's basically has makeup poisoning, he can't move, he can't talk, and he just kind of carries him around and, you know, talks to him like he's there, and like, you know, like you would with a normal person, and just like my mother after her, her uh, brain trauma is can get a little bit kind of, you know, spaced out and seeing my dad take care of her just kind of watching that those scenes again. It's like in a new mm-hmm. context, it's like, oh, that that really does hurt a bit. But mm-hmm. that's uh, that's life, baby.
2: Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I I'm going to start fights in here. This, that's just where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I, I love the idea, of Mango, of Zach like no. getting involved, and also no. like I don't think it's going to no. be a Zach saves Aerith. I think it's going to be a situation where like Zach and Cloud being alive at the same time is very confusing for everyone. Obviously, causes some problems for Cloud, which might lead to them clashing swords. But like I, I do think there's going to be some interesting stuff played around with there. I don't know if I mean it would be cool if they killed Cloud. What if no. Cloud dies?
1: I absolutely can't deal with that. Like cloud in his soldier uniform, no, not soldier uniform. Sorry. His regular ass Shinra. I could not hack soldier uniform. Uh, that just makes my heart melt. He's just like such a, a sad puppy dog in that. And he, just, he doesn't even want to go home. He gets so embarrassed.
2: I, I, I just keep thinking about, and, and maybe it's because I have a, such a fondness for the Evangelion rebuilds and what they did with the original text and how they like gave an ending to so many of those characters that, uh, let them kind of be free from what was basically decades of trauma and, and hate from the fan base and stuff like that. I also let Ano kind of be free from that. Uh, that being said, I don't want to look at it too flowery because we don't have the same situation here of like the, the same person carrying it forward. This is a team like no on stuff are working on this. And so I do think there's a level of interest in what having a new team and a new fresh perspective on this is and what that means for the story. And I do, I, I'm not completely flowery about this. This could go off the rails. I used to like Kingdom Hearts at one point, and then Kingdom Hearts 3 happened. And so Kingdom Hearts 3 could happen here too. But I have to say, uh, um,
1: I think that the certain person will stay, will, will die still because. Their whole point is the Jesus allegory. They sacrificed themselves. Mm. They knew exactly what they were going to do when they the walked that forest. The game's called Rebirth.
0: You Think yeah, about all of the different meanings that's going to have. Who's going to be Jesus? Obviously. Is Sephiroth yeah. going to
1: be Jesus? Are we going to nail Sephiroth to the cross? Zach is, Finally. Re- Zach is Jesus. <laughs> Zack
2: is yeah, Zach, reborn. Yeah, Zack is Jesus. Yeah,
0: and, and the character who dies in Final Fantasy VII is also going to be reborn. That's why it's called Rebirth. Just like I they did, know. remake, remake your fate. Mm-hmm. I like that Nomura was like, "I will tell you soon what these titles make." I'm like, "Okay, Nomura, we figured it out like th- two years ago." Jesus.
2: Yeah, yeah. I all I'm saying is like, I I like that there's not. I I think again, if this was just a case where it was a three part Final Fantasy of just telling the same story again, it would not inspire fervor. It would not ins. It would not be interesting. It would not be an interesting work. So. There is honor in a really well done remake that stays true to the
0: text of the story, but also manages to expand it to send it flying off the completely off the rails while trying to incorporate all of your other nonsense. Like, just ruins it.
2: it so, does. so, how far is how far is too far? Then, what is the ship of Theseus? Line well, on I this? don't know.
0: Uh, just basically. Introducing ghosts that completely change the story. I don't know.
2: The ghosts are not changing the story. The ghosts are trying to keep the story the same. Yeah. It's the party yeah, that wants to change their story.
0: Go, ghosts. Let's go. I understand <laughs> the Queen of Whispers is saying now. Yes. You play
1: the original, <laughs> and then you say to someone, if you like the original, because it's still a good RPG, especially with the Switch and uh, the remake kind of uh, quality of life stuff. Play that. If you like that, here's an alternate telling. It's as simple as when I say to someone, okay, if you want to play Final Fantasy IV, play it on the PSP, play the original top-down. And if you like that, play it on the DS. It's a totally different experience, but it's its own experience. You, and you they both what, work really know what well. You
0: know show really whipped? Yamato 2199, an anime that took the 1970s anime about a ship journeying across the stars to save Earth and it was very faithful to the original material, but it expanded on it. It did add new characters. It did reimagine certain things in a more modern context. And frankly, one thing I really enjoyed was that it had a much more modern outlook. However, the structure of the story was still largely the same. So just because it stayed within that structure did not mean that it had did not have freedom to be able to work within that structure. Final Fantasy VII Remake is blowing up that structure. I have no idea where it's going
1: to go. It's it's
2: a sequel and not a good sequel. Oh, you don't know that yet. I don't know that yet.
1: We are getting Ever Crisis, which is kind of the remake that, the very vanilla remake that, and I actually think that looks great because I love the idea of the overworld, quote unquote, being kind of, still kind of chunky sprites, and when you go into battle scenes, they're a lot more refined, like you get in Final Fantasy remake. And I think the, the style clashes just a little bit, but it does call back to the original game, which was like, hey, here's the really blocky overworld sprites. Here's in battle where things look, you know, you have more than six polygons and it looks pretty cool. The only thing that bothers me is on mobile. Uh, it should be.
2: Yeah, there's
1: no point in even saying, well, maybe it'll come
2: to switch or whatever, because God is square. Who knows? It reminds me a world of Final Fantasy 15 the the like oh, the pocket little, the version one. yeah yeah maybe I, yeah. maybe i got that mixed up with world of final fantasy which was also world like final, final fantasy of different thing. game but yeah final fantasy 15 pocket edition was what they yeah it was like the retelling of it but with like a different battle system and, and art style and stuff like that yeah um i don't know like i i, I just can't stop saying that. like i'm excited by the fact that i don't know what's coming it could be yeah. whatever it could be anything and that is more exciting. It could even to be me. Final Fantasy Seven. Gra- it could even be Final. Fantasy <laughs> Yeah, that'd <laughs> um, be great. Word for like, word. Granted, I don't have a lot of the the love for the original that other people do. I respect it for what it was at the time, but I think, like as a text, it's fine. It's not the best Final Fantasy. It's not the worst Final Fantasy. It's it's somewhere. It's it's in the middle. What is for me. the
0: flaw in Final Fantasy Seven that you see? The
2: original story. I just think that the characters aren't that compelling. I think a lot of the cast is not that compelling. Final it's Fantasy a very cloud remake centric is built story. on
0: Final Fantasy Seven. The only reason, but it that spends Final Fantasy more VII time with those characters. Flawed. The reason it might be flawed is because the localization was bad, but that's something you can fix in a remake.
2: But but it didn't spend like any time with the characters. Like Jesse Biggs and Wedge were all just also Rans in that cast. Like they just showed up and then died, and I didn't really care. They about were.
0: Them lovely within that wonderful little eight-hour mission Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. when their story ended and the story expanded its scope they still their deaths had meaning Mm -hmm. it did and Mm -hmm. and remake Mm -hmm. cool you're gonna bring them back i guess sure i hope they might have a larger role in the story but the point was that they had a role to play in the first act and didn't. and then the story got bigger than them
2: it's they have a role to play, but you get to spend more. I, I like when games take the time to show you characters just being around each other. And also, like again, I think the whole story is just extremely cloud centric. And a lot of the game ends up writing over whether You like cloud and Sephiroth. And if you like some of the other characters, you're really just kind of digging for scraps at that point. I, this is it was examining a the
0: trap, the classic JRPG hero. And deconstructing yeah, but
2: I'm, them. I'm tired of JRPG heroes, which is why I like a lot more modern RPGs is because they try to like examine that a little bit and say like maybe just having an RPG hero isn't something. And I do like the part. And to be clear, I do like the part at the end of Seven where everything gets revealed and Cloud is not who he is and all that. It's good. And they're going to start dealing with that sooner now in Seven. I'm interested yeah. to see what they do with that, with, with Rebirth and yeah, all that. Because they're going to have to get to it very fast. Uh, I, I don't know, like seven. I think, again, it's not the worst Final Fantasy. Can you all hear that right now? Yes. What's wrong? Is Sephiroth okay. coming
1: to hug you? No, yeah, yeah.
2: The that was the that was the we're out of time for the seven segment. <laughs> it's not the worst Final Fantasy, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy. It's it's in the middle for me, and I recognize its cultural significance and importance and what it did for for PlayStation RPGs and bringing the series over to a new generation and all that, but uh. I think a lot of what remake does is resonating more with me because it's giving these characters more room to breathe and, and be characters. And part of that is yes, like the stunning animation and graphics work, bringing these characters to life in a way that they were not like so vivid in the original, uh, but also part of it is just the writing it's just good fun writing i love the little side venture you do where you go to jesse's place and you hang out with her parents <laughs> and all that like it's such a good little venture i love the dude who's horny for motorcycles like that's great <laughs> like
1: you get a statue of him for 500 bucks now if you want it, it's clear. also announce really, that
2: i i like I, I often get a little not a lot, but like a little irked when people are like, oh, it's part. One. I do think remake holds up as a standalone RPG. I think even as a single installment in what would otherwise be an RPG series, it's a good entry in the way that a trails in the sky can be a good RPG and also be part of a larger whole. So
1: I uh, think it's safe to say going by the first part, this is a game that takes the piss out of itself It's really, really not taking itself too seriously at the same time it is still exploring serious themes. Like I said that I think we're going to get a little bit more of Tifa's perspective for what happened and why she kind of carried that lie for Cloud to help him out. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But when you go back to the first game, it's like, I mean, Cloud had an orgasm from a hand massage. Like, it's just mm-hmm. he's such mm-hmm. an idiot, and I love it. And that's mm-hmm. the fact that they went back to dork-ass Cloud, who's still extremely appealing, I like that. I like the fact that they're not so important that they say, okay, we got to have tough guy kingdom hearts, advent children cloud here. Uh, speaking of just off the rails, very quickly, we we're talking about the ever crisis and the costumes. I swear to God, I saw cloud in the, uh, in Mickey mouse's cloak from kingdom hearts or something. So that yeah, ridiculous. they'll
2: probably put that in there. That sounds right.
1: <laughs> yeah. But sure. The, the fact that the game, the first game to not take itself too seriously, that for me saved everything. Cause if it been a little too, ridiculous and, and been like hey here's a guy with spiky blonde hair and you better take him seriously because he's a real tough ass it wouldn't have lasted like it wouldn't have been a- as liked as it
2: was Aerith with the chair was worth everything I agree. it was worth six years of development and three games to get the scene of Aerith hitting a man with a steel chair it was all worth
1: it ah god king that man exploded. the musical
2: number the whole the musical number was incredible number. it's all worth it
1: it's that's what I'm
0: saying. Remakes I, look, got I, great I, moments. <laughs> so I'm all over the map on remake. I, I am. I don't think there is a game I'm more conflicted on than Final Fantasy Clearly. VII remake.
2: I just you just saw <laughs> me say.
0: lose my mind for a solid for a solid twenty minutes, just like completely off the rails, insane, saying things. Half the things I'm saying, I'm not even meaning. But I'm just crazy right now.
2: I don't know what's going on, y'all. No, more you did like this that- to me. You're also like that music does slap though.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's an incredible soundtrack. The battle system's really good. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to play in 60 fps. I absolutely adored Intergrade. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I just, there's a lot to love about this game. It's not the pacing. The pacing's pretty bad. But we got we're already 40 minutes in, so let's just keep on going. <laughs> I got this shit, man. <laughs> Spare me. <laughs> Crisis, Core, <laughs> Crisis Core is getting a remaster. That's the one that's going to be called Reunion. And a uh, few items. It's going to have new 3D graphics and updated environments and a new UI and rearranged score. It's fully voiced. Uh, looks like uh, it's being called a remaster, probably because it's going to probably follow the story
1: and the structure of the tell, original yeah. pretty It closely. looks pretty close to the original.
0: Yeah. But this one, but I don't know. It looks more like a remake to me. It looks really nice, doesn't it? I'm yeah. looking forward
1: to that. Yeah. Um. I would say, well, maybe they should do away with the stupid slot machine system. But thinking about it, that came that had like kind of like a powerful moment at the end. So I'd say, okay, maybe keep it, but maybe make it a little less obtuse. But this is square, so they're not going to do that.
2: Yeah, I I'm frankly surprised they're calling this just. They were very specific to be like, it's a full remaster. And I was like, this thing looks really good for a remaster. But I guess the original Crisis Core also looked good for its time. Because I was going back and rewatching some cutscenes and stuff. And I was like, wow, this did look really good for a PSP game. Uh, so overall, I'm very uh, it's also coming to switch. Like that was the other amazing thing. Yeah. I was totally expecting this to be right. like a PS4, PS5 PC, but it's coming to like every console and PC, which is pretty cool. It's coming to Xbox, which is very funny because Remake and, and Rebirth are not going to be on Xbox. So poor Xbox, Xbox we Xbox got fans. Crisis Core. We We, did. we got it. Look, you they got Persona. They're still winning.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Persona so stuff PS5. was a bit of surprise. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about Crisis Core. It's, I, I never played that one. And Zach seems like a cool dude. So Zach's awesome. I'm down to play I I love Zach.
0: But everyone is sad because Rick Gomez isn't playing Zach anymore. They recast a good chunk of the cast.
1: Uh, isn't Gackt back, though? Gacked back, baby. Gacked back. Gackt is back. Good old <laughs> ja- I was kind of,
0: I, I think there's a lot of speculation <laughs> that there might be a likeness issue. So for reference, one of the main villains, the main villain in Crisis Core is a guy named Genesis, who is based off the Japanese actor, celebrity, singer, Gackt who Nomura is a big fan of. And so I think there was some speculation that the likeness of Genesis would change. Gact is, um, shall we say, divisive, because yeah. he likes walking around and reciting poetry and that kind of thing. He's just one of those wonderful additions to the Final Fantasy VII canon, who will no doubt play a major role in Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Three: Electric Boogaloo. But yes, Gact is going to be there, um, there's a lot to love about Crisis Core. When, back in the day, it was kind of considered to be the best Final Fantasy VII spinoff. We haven't talked about it a lot here. It's not been easy to actually play until now, because it hasn't even been available on digital storefronts. And, of course, Zack is going to have a role to play in Final Fantasy VII uh,
1: Rebirth. So this is our kind of chance to see Zack's backstory, I guess. From the start, uh, I realized, like even from the demo of Final Fantasy VII Remake, I realized, okay, they're going to be giving us a Crisis Core remake sooner or later because I saw just from the start all the references to Crisis Core, like the there's posters on the wall of the Shinra train station that reference the apples that are grown in the in Crisis Core and, and the apple juice made out of them or something or something like that. So I said, okay, obviously Crisis Core is extremely tied into Final Fantasy VII, so you, we should if we didn't have a remake i'd be like what is your problem square because it's it just not optional at this point
2: i'm i'm looking up trying to find it brianna white is doing Aerith's voice for crisis core uh well, she was great she was very yeah. good as Aerith, yeah so that's why i was trying to look it up Yeah, yeah um, the voice in casting
0: and ff7r
2: made that game like yeah for sure. incredible just killed incredible it voice so good yep Yeah, I can't seem to find any confirmation of it or not. It did. It did sound like it, but I haven't found any actual confirmation of it. But I hope I hope it is because like not only would that make sense if, you know, they're going to try and tie Crisis Core into the events of Rebirth in any way, but also like keep the voice continuity and also like give her more work because she was really, really good as Aerith again. Fantastic. So.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Crisis Core remake. I will be interested to see how it looks on Nintendo Switch. Mm, and it's always the question. <laughs> it's been a long time since I actually played this original game. So let's see how it goes. Uh, beyond that, there was one other big RPG announcement um, on Thursday, which, uh, and maybe secretly the biggest of them all. Okay. So I'm going to tell you why I think Dragon's Dogma 2 is going to be absolutely enormous when it eventually Please. comes out. First of all, Capcom has low-key been on a real tear. They're, oh, yeah. so the games that they keep putting out are phenomenal. The RE Engine is low-key, one of the best pieces of tech that you're going to find mm-hmm. out there anywhere. Just look at Resident Evil 4 Remake. Look at any of the Monster Hunter. Like, Monster Hunter World Iceborne is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, wait, that's not on RE Engine. I was going to say, that. is that RE Engine? They did rise in RE Engine, though, mm-hmm. I
1: think. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that looked really dang good on the Switch. The flexibility of that tool set is incredible. Dragon's Dogma as an RPG, it has uh, that open world aspect. It has the um, the Monster Hunter aspect. It has a little bit of a Soulsy feel to it. And it has developed a cult fan base. And there is a trend where a game like, say, Persona or the Souls games develop a cult fan base and a ton of word of mouth. And when they eventually get a sequel, everybody's like, I gotta check this out. So if it's gonna be on Ari Engine looking absolutely gorgeous, it's a anime sword mm-hmm. fighting game with monsters that's way more refined than the original game. Heck yeah, it's gonna sell like crazy. Are you kidding me? It's gonna be huge.
2: I, I do think in a post Elden Ring world, Dragon's Dog yeah. 2 is going to be absolutely. much better positioned to sell well. And I totally agree with Ari Engine too. I had not even thought about that, but like re engine is basically what's giving cabcom so much life right now even street fighter 6 is on the re engine like it and it's impressive how dynamic that engine is That it can do dmc and monster hunter and resident evil and street fighter and flexible. dragon's dogma yeah that's that's y- y'all got a good car and and take it for as many laps as you can so like good job there but dragon's dogma is one that i've admittedly slept on a bit and i think a lot of people have slept on it and so it's gonna really depend on word of mouth and like a good first showing but i think especially as i said in a post elden ring world where people might be more hungry for that sort of thing and they see dragon's dogma doing some stuff that they like from elden ring and then adding a little bit more on top of it because god dragon's dogma has the most granular fascinating rpg stats if you make a taller character you can wade into deeper water before your hip lantern goes out that's the counter- kind of cool that's impressive. we're talking about with dragon's yeah. dogma and that's why it's such like a good sicko <laughs> game and i think the world's ready for sicko games i think oh, the system is really for cool sicko games oh Pons the cons took, took on, to on a, a so life good. of their
0: own if you keep expanding on that oh my god can you think of the memes that'll come out of that
1: Oh God! Final mm-hmm. Dragon's mm-hmm. Dogma meme edition.
0: Yeah, it was a neat yeah. game. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to there say there's a lot, if... a lot
0: to expand on for Dragon's Dogma too. Go ahead, Nadia.
1: If you're a Capcom fan, yeah, you're eating good. Unless you're a Mega oh, Man or, or Breath of Fire fan, then you can go to dive in a pond. And
0: Capcom sink. and
2: Final Fantasy. The meme
0: of all those yeah. characters uh, playing in the pool, and then down in the bottom of the pool <laughs> is the, the, skeleton. <laughs> yeah, the skeleton Mega <laughs> yeah, Man. Yeah, and you to have one You gotta have Stone one person, right you you have one one <laughs> person drowning. So it's weird like, that they don't they should bring back Breath of Fire. That is You're telling up. me they
1: should bring back Breath of Fire. <laughs> you're
0: telling the choir here. Nadia, I think that they I got a hot take for you. I think they should bring back Breath of Fire. You yeah. know, Nadia, you heard yeah, about Breath of Fire. Of line. Somebody, somebody somebody I somebody somebody out there has told me that this Breath of Fire series is really good. I don't know who
1: they are, but I don't remember who. But you know, it's just when you think I've of that meme, hearing, when you think of that meme streets. mentioned about the pool. It's like you have Monster Hunter holding up the kid who is like a street fighter, and then Mega Man Mm -hmm. is drowning, and I think it's Breath of Fire at the bottom.
2: (laughs) No, 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 no. no. The the one at the bottom (laughs) is Power Stone, and then below the pool is Breath of Fire.
0: (laughs) No, I think Power Stone's really dead. I think Breath of Fire has a better chance of coming back before Mega Man.
1: (laughs) No, I've heard- Power
2: Stone's never coming back, so-
1: Power Stone's never coming back. We can determine that 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 here and now, but Mega Man- That's (laughs) done. They're- you hear whispers and rumors and stuff. And I can't say much more, but uh, they're, oh. I'm sure we'll get something. Oh, Nadia but has uh, Breath of Fire. inside scoop.
2: Nadia's got the scoops. Yeah, I ain't saying nothing.
0: Hot
1: scoops. Scoops,
0: uh, Oxford here. <laughs> Nadia's no, like that no, one I'd...
2: pigeon from uh, from Animaniacs. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forgot about that one. Squid, Pesto, and I can't remember the name of the last pigeon.
2: The Good Feathers. Bobby. Yeah. 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 All based yeah. off of the Good Fellas.
1: That's but... it. The 1991 Scorsese
0: film that Mm -hmm. randomly got turned into a short on Animaniacs, yeah.
2: Yeah. God, I need to watch some Animaniacs. It's been too long. Oh, the the new one
0: came out. The new season. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I heard it was like the '90s one. Yeah.
0: They basically only did Pinky and the Brain, and then the the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister. That's
2: pretty much all you need, except for
0: I miss Slappy. Slappy was great. They dropped the good feathers so that's terrible good...
2: that's that was such good content and good idea bad idea i loved good idea, bad <laughs> good idea, idea. Bad idea. <laughs> so
0: you know good. you know what my low-key favorite segment was even though it was a one-note joke
1: but mm-hmm. i always mm-hmm. like
0: sing it in the back of my head it's the chicken, oh, chicken, oh, yes. chicken boo song oh chicken Boo, chicken boo what's the matter with you you don't act like other chickens that do was
1: the non-sequitur behind that like is so ahead of its time it belongs here and now. That man is a chicken. We don't see it.
0: You wear a <laughs> oh, disguise God. to look like human, guys, but you're not a you're man. You're not a man. chicken, boo. Chicken chicken there's, there's a lot to uh, pick apart with that particular <laughs> segment in the ran, uh, in the modern discourse. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, that's when your Animaniacs Minute. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 is coming out sometime. Uh, it's not a Square Enix game, so it might actually be released at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say we'll see about that. I'm say 2024. It's knows. Uh, it's knows working on it again. Yeah, yeah, generally knows how to put out a game. So, Cat yeah, I'm looking forward. Itself. I'm yeah. really looking forward to this one. It's one of my most anticipated games already. So, all right, it's now time for a series of random encounters. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis is mobile, and that's some real horse poop. It looks great, though. This is what it said in the Random Encounters. Uh, FF7R <laughs> Integrate is on Steam now. It's on Steam Deck Verified. Uh, Activision Blizzard has released the results of its internal investigation, clearing Activision Blizzard of wrongdoing by decree of Activision Blizzard. Overwatch 2 is ditching loot boxes for battle Pass in the in-game store. A uh, new M- Fire Emblem has reportedly leaked online. Todd Howard said that Fallout 5 will be after Tez 6. And as Eric says, that's putting the caravan ahead of the horse armor, but um, tis. Uh, yeah, Fallout 5, that game's never coming out. Holy cow. That's gonna be like 2035 before that one comes out. By the way, check out all of IGN's wonderful coverage. My colleague Joe Scrubbles got so many stories out of that interview. Holy cow. And finally, Tactics Ogre Reborn has leaked on the PlayStation Store. It looks like Matsuno is going to be involved in that one. It's very exciting. We'll see if that one ends up popping up on the Nintendo Direct. But the main topic for this week's episode is RPG makers with our special guest and pal Discord server stalwart, Vivi Complex. Vivi, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. I'm very glad to be here. Lovely to have have you. you. Excellent. I'm very excited. Vivi... Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with RPGs? What are your favorite RPGs?
3: Uh, that's a really complicated question. Uh, JRPGs, uh, probably my favorite. Good choice. Good choice. Um, Final Fantasy VIII, I think, was the first JRPG if you don't count Pokemon. So and then <laughs> at that point, I remember almost wanting to trade my Dreamcast for a PlayStation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, and then not I, a two, I, a PlayStation.
3: No. Yeah, I, I my My friend had a, a PlayStation and Final Fantasy VIII, and that was when he showed me the intro to that. I was like, "This is this is my jam." Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah. Just just <laughs> exactly. seeing the, the waves. Um, yeah, that's uh that that's that's my jam right there. With JRPGs. Um, I've lately become a Final Fantasy fourteen sicko. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> we um, outmatched cat again. Yeah. Put her in the corner mm-hmm. and yell at her. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: there's actually a meme at some point last week where uh, it was the Captain America meme, like passing people because I was playing so much of it. Um, but anyway, COVID will do that.
2: <laughs> How far Who are you? Who amongst us?
3: Uh, I'm just about through the patches for Heaven, uh, like midway through the patches for Heavensward. Uh, nice. Oh. But I didn't have much to do for two weeks. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we are talking about RPG Maker's. This week, this was your suggestion, Vivi, and I'm curious what what about RPG makers really interests you? Um, I've always
3: liked the idea of like making an RPG. Like uh, I've always wanted to 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 make my own game. Um, And before, I I actually had like a Dungeons and Dragons group that was kind of my my intro to doing any kind of game design. Um, And so, I guess off and on for I guess maybe 20 years, I've I've played with those those tools. Um, just to see what i could make uh and along the way kind of learned how to do some coding and like coding logic and mm. um, so it's actually had a pretty good impact on my life um but i, I also like how bizarre they can be uh because they, they don't just make them on pc so that like interbrain has done like several different iterations but um for whatever reason like they've been on playstation yes. they just released one on switch mm-hmm. um, and uh, Yeah, some of that stuff is just, it's just bizarre that you find it there. Um, So I've always kind of enjoyed that.
1: When I think back to RPG Maker, to me, it's still something that is on the PlayStation and people were using it to make their own RPGs. Like, I know it's on computers. I know it's far more advanced than it used to be. But to me, it's still that kind of clunky, but really charming interface that people use to make like, of course, back in the day, we all had dreams about making fan games and there was nothing in the way of drag and drop or anything you could use that was simple and so no one of course knew how to code. So it'd be like, hey, let's make a Mega Man RPG. Who knows how to code? Not me. So you would like if you knew how to use RPG Maker, you would have something. And again, it started out quite primitive, but it's, it's come a long way. Like, not just RPG Maker, but programs kind of spawned off the idea. Like that's you're getting games like gosh, like Undertale and whatnot mm-hmm. made on these incredible programs. It's like my childhood dream
2: come to life. It's it's amazing like the breadth of what can be done with RPG maker. And as one of the noted indie RPG enjoyers on here, like RPG maker games have kind of always been on my radar over the years. And it's, it's true. There's like a lot of ones that you see on the store are very like, we used the built-in assets and threw something together and here it is for $5. And there's a lot of those out there. There's also a lot of, middle ones that start to fool around and then you get like the really really lavish ones like omori which is coming to consoles this week was Mm. an rpg maker game and that's a massive amazing project uh it's a really cool and interesting tool that i think also like other freely accessible game dev tools like flash and things like that does end up having some connotations with it as well like some asterisks that we'll talk about at some point <laughs> um but i do think overall it is an amazing tool that I, i'm really glad it exists because it has opened up so much like so many avenues for interesting rpg designs without rpg maker we wouldn't have things like omori or yume Niki or uh lisa the painful like really interesting explorations of these rpg concepts by solo creators who wouldn't have the tools otherwise
0: yeah, I think the democratization of game design can only be really good. And in that regard, um, RPG Maker was sort of ahead of its time because back in the 80s, of course, you had folks who were just making games, but you know, generally you had to be a really good programmer and that kind mm-hmm. of thing to really be able to do it. And RPG Maker, in many ways, started to bring being able to make games uh, to the masses. And now you're seeing much easier use uh, to use tool sets from like Unreal Engine and that kind of thing is giving more and more people the capability to be able to express themselves in this kind of interactive media. But when I think of um, RPG Maker, I always think of Barclays Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, which is possibly <laughs> mm-hmm. one of the greatest names ever in mm-hmm. video game history. I, I don't think the sequel ever came out. like They were still working on it the last time I checked, uh, it started out in RPG Maker 2003 and moved on to uh, Game Maker 6.1. But <laughs> that game would never have happened in the traditional ecosystem, but it happened because of RPG Maker. And frankly,
1: I'm grateful. For Barkley Shut Up and Jam? Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just Got spent in. a whole half hour trashing Final Fantasy VII Remake. You're like, you know what's great? Barkley Shut Up and Jam.
3: Look, sometimes, you, sometimes you find the gyms where, where you, you don't expect
0: them. <laughs> that is true I'm sorry are you trashing final F- uh Barkley shut up and jam guy end
1: i've never <laughs> even I, played I, it i i had a cousin who, who forced me to play shaq fu and from now on i will never touch any game that has anything to do with basketball they made, they made they basketball an rpg sequel to that too <laughs> they, i know <laughs> they did that's the worst part. Look,
0: this is not shaq fu it is a satire of games like shaq fu and michael jordan chaos in the windy, windy city and, and jrpgs in general and as a satire, I think Barclays Shut Up and Jam Guide is very successful. It's Unlike Final Fantasy VII Remake,
1: went off the rails. How can we accuse Final Fantasy VII Remake of going off the rails when we have gone into the stratosphere, cat Bailey? I'm sorry, I like Final Fantasy VII Remake. I promise, the,
2: I do. The discourse is bleeding over into the Rbg Makers segment. I
0: just <laughs> I do. <laughs> Vivi, I'm gonna be curious about your take on uh, Final Fantasy VII remake right now. Do
3: you have? I'm so excited for the for the for the new one. Uh, That's the way. I I love what they did to to the end of the last one, but I loved Final Fantasy 13, and the end of Final Fantasy VII remake was Final Mm. Fantasy 13 Part Four. Oh boy! Oh boy! (laughs) Oh boy! (laughs) Oh my god! They they even raged against fate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, you you gotta rage against fate. The, the the key thing in that live stream was the, the, the clock with the with the the sword the buster sword.
1: Ah, oh yes. Somebody uh, buy for, it. it. That was
3: the point at which the live stream I was watching uh, switched to English subtitles and so it paused there for a while.
2: Oh, okay. So, so I, I heard what what it was. I heard clock and thought of Stranger Things right away and I was like, wait, Vecna was in that? And I was like, no. <laughs> okay, no, we're good. <laughs>
1: I have a um, a quick RPG Maker story to tell. I think I've told it here before, but I, I, I absolutely love it. I once to read an RPG Maker game where it was like called Nether Novel. It was supposed to be a parody of Undertale. And it was just like the most slapped together thing. I don't know why they sent it to us to review, but I was just laughing the whole way through. And just like this generic ass RPG dog, I talked to it. And it says to me, anyone who doesn't think that anyone can play guitar is the best song on Pablo Honey can fuck right off. And to this day, I never forgot that dog telling me about, like, this is the only good Radiohead song.
2: That that dog's and got just, Radiohead takes.
1: <laughs> that dog had major Radiohead takes. And and like I was saying, it was a generic-ass <laughs> RPG dog. It had, like, the most doofy-ass face. Like, a, like I know it was like a, a Labrador retriever or something. No expression. Telling me to F myself because I didn't know Radiohead as well as he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm so confused right now. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Nadia went on a journey,
2: and some people grabbed Nadia's leg and went out the window with her. And then some people are still back in the bedroom (laughs) and going, (laughs) What just happened? I, I think that's a thing though with RPG Maker
3: games though because when, mm-hmm. when I um when I really took a, a stab at trying to make a, a like a real like kind of just project like a side project it was an RPG based on Virginia Woolf's To the Lighthouse oh very quickly had an eldritch beast pop up uh, like midway through the opening mm-hmm. cutscene mm-hmm. I don't think you can make an RPG Maker game without doing something silly like that no absolutely yeah. at least once.
2: I mean, a lot of RPG maker games, whether by virtue of the tile set that you're given or just usually you hand anybody like, you know, a a tile set and say like, hey, play with this, make something. They'll end up making something that is a satire, a parody, a carry forward, a carry on, even inspired by like there's a reason why a lot of these have a lot in common with Mother and the Earthbound series is because those are games that work with a limited tool set and a very otherwise normal happy chill vibe but then have very dark things going on underneath rpg maker as it turns out lends itself very well to making those kinds of games so uh it is it it was really good for just getting a lot of weird and cool stuff and not even just in the i mean obviously rpg realm but it also was big for adventure games visual novels that sort of thing. yeah for sure phoebe
0: what did you learn about rpgs trying to make them
2: um,
3: I, I learned a lot about switches in mm-hmm. constants, um, and the amount of, um, kind of like when you, when you play like a final fantasy six, uh, for example, you may have a switch that turns on a cutscene, and then the cutscene will play. And then there's a switch that would turn that cutscene off. Otherwise it just keeps on repeating. Um, and then if you open up a chest, that's also like a switch or a variable. Um, so, from like the video game standpoint, I learned a lot about um, kind of like how, kind of how all the like the logic, like the internal logic of of how those games get designed. Um, I, I learned enough to respect it more than mm. ever wanting to do it myself professionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a you also learn little mechanics like parallax backgrounds and stuff. Mm, that, yes. Um, there's a lot of tricks to make maps look really good. Um, and if you if you're a D and D player, um, they're good map making tools. Um, so oh, if you find it know. for like three bucks, it's like yeah, you can make a really just quick map with it.
1: It's funny. I have never had a desire to make a game. Like, I it just never bit me. I've always liked writing stories, like for games and stuff like that, and about games. But I never really had the the itch to say, okay, yeah, uh, I want to make my own game. Um, I think I was probably intimidated though. Like I was saying when I was young, it was just like. You could go to Japan, Digi- and that was your only option. to Learn how to make games, and mm. now it's so different. I wonder if it would have been different for me if uh, I, all this stuff had come out a little bit sooner.
2: I think what's interesting about RPG Maker too is that it makes a lot of that stuff very approachable. But also, we're in a state where there's a lot of accessible video game making options now too, and it has some competition in that realm. Because I think, like Barclays, is a good example where it started out on RPG Maker and went to Game Maker, and there's a lot of development that has been moving kind of around RPG Maker, and it's, it's been interesting to see how that has changed over the years. Cause for a while, early aughts and stuff, it was one of the big games in town for early RPG making stuff, but it has since kind of been supplanted yeah. a little bit. It was also um,
3: really, it was small enough that you could get it on Kazaa on a dial up.
2: Yes. Oh, Viruses yes. Galore. <laughs> yes. Uh, that get is RPG maker
1: and, and 10, uh, 10 mp3 files named like something completely different by completely different bands no. to try to not that i the ever did that. of course not but Not that Nobody anyone did. here
2: is experienced with that things of that nature but uh yeah like it officially came out in 2005 on on pc and 2000 i think on playstation but uh it was it was around the internet well before then <laughs> yeah for sure
0: I am looking at some of these other notable games. Uh, Lisa the Painful, I think we talked Mm -hmm. about when we were kind of making the new top 25 RPG list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Eric brought it up as
1: one of his picks.
2: Yeah, it is one of those games that is only going to come out of an RPG maker place where a dev can really explore. Like I said at the time, it is like a painful RPG to play. It is almost an RPG that, detests the player at some points, like really puts friction on the road in, in places where RPGs would normally make you feel more powerful. This one makes you feel less powerful the further you go and really, really just lays it on in a way that is very discomforting. But because you had this format where someone can do that and also not necessarily worry about commercial constraints either. I hate to say it, but like if you're making something because you want to make it and not because you hope it, it will sell well, and you also want to make it opens yeah. up a little bit more room for you to make something that maybe is not going to facilitate a happy relationship between you and the player. <laughs> Let's say it that way, uh, where where you have a little bit more room to create that friction and that uh, animosity, the interesting gameplay situ- situations like Lisa, the painful can come out of. Uh, not that I'm saying that every RPG maker dev hates their player, but <laughs> only, only most of them. It's willing to, it, it opens up a little bit more for people who say, like, what if I want to make an RPG that puts more blockers in? What that puts more trouble in that that makes it a more difficult experience at times than your average RPG? And Lisa the Painful does that. There's also
0: Yuma Niki, which uh, our old colleague, long departed, went up Katie. to <laughs> Apple Heaven. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs> Apple Heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was, was always Michael talking about
0: Humaniki.
1: That was one of her favorite games.
2: Yes. Incredible game. Very, very. I, pl- I had no game.
1: idea what I was doing, but it was had a very haunting atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I remember that much about it. One shot is a really
3: good one. Yes, that yeah. I didn't actually know one shot was made in an RPG Maker until uh, I, I was doing research for this episode, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Holy crap!" Because they do a lot of like really good lighting work in that. Mm-hmm.
1: VB, when you made your game, did you like have was it all default or did you customize any sort of? Oh graphics? no, it was
3: all default. I found everyone where like 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 everyone that kind of looked like. Um, uh, it popped out of whatever generic anime I could I could find. Like, <laughs> yes. there's one looked kind of like um, um, Edward from uh, Full Metal. Okay, he was yeah. yeah of course. That one was used like religiously. And then I, when I was watching some videos of other like fan games, that one gets that that one character sprite gets used over and over and over.
1: Yeah, generic anime hero ten. Um,
3: they let you actually make your own little generic anime. Um, character now uh where you can like do your own like faces and stuff
2: oh Um, interesting
3: yeah but they all look like the dude from the the knockoff edward from full metal alchemist doesn't matter what you do do Are edward
2: (laughs) i was gonna say like recent game maker tools like uh playdates pulp i think it's called has have tools like that where you can you basically have like boxes where you can do your own pixels and things like that. So you can personalize a little bit more while still having it be kind of drag and drop ish. Cause that's always the hard part, right? Is like, I think when you add visuals, when you add that visual element and it's easier to see directly what the things you're doing are turning into, it it makes the game making feel a little bit easier, a little bit more approachable versus like, I'm typing a bunch of things into code and hoping the thing I want it to do pops out on the other end. That'd be great if it does. <laughs> That'd be great. Fingers if anything crossed. Helps.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's what's really great about it because you can, if you're not like a, a coder, and I'm not a coder um, mm-hmm. by any means, but um, I, I understand the logic of coding because of those games, putting in mm-hmm. the switches and the and trying even to keep with dialogue to know, trees,
1: for sure. Mm-hmm. Like even the basics of coding, I think everyone should know i don't know a damn thing but these days they try to teach kids like okay here's the basics and something like make your own game through a uh, a drag and drop uh maker can really help with that i mean nintendo brought out their own what was a garage we uh, uh, game, I it yeah. a garage. game maker
2: <laughs> garage or something game like maker that garage yeah i don't know yeah. if it's any
1: good but it's uh something for very small kids to learn how to program like sure was that the one start. with
3: like cardboard Not no, no that, that was labo was labo, oh,
0: okay.
1: labo. And that's why I was wondering about like Nintendo's game maker, because Labo, even though people didn't really latch onto it, the instructions for those kits, because I had a couple myself, they were excellent. They were put together so well in a really funny, easy to read way that anyone could understand. I always thought to myself, well, if Nintendo was doing that with uh, a game maker, that's a really great combination. But I haven't heard one or the other if, if kids like it or not. There was,
0: I, I, yeah, it kind of came and went, didn't it? Like it everybody do. was mm-hmm. like, Oh, that was kind of fun. And then everybody stopped like talking about it. Both, both Lavo and game builder garage. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as for uh, RPG maker, there was one from the Nintendo switch that came out a few years ago. That was considered to be a very stripped back version of RPG maker. I believe it was called RPG maker. MV. uh, the most recent one, I believe on steam is RPG maker mz that you can find over on steam have you ever tried that one vivi i haven't done
3: mz i got mv in preparation for this podcast because it was three dollars versus 15 in a number bundle cell mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but as a what i know is that it's mz is just mv but it's a little bit newer there's mm-hmm. like some different plugins or something that it uses
0: yeah that's the a- that was the thing with the switch version is that there were really any plugins, but in this one, the plugins will um, help you customize your experience quite a bit more. I saw that.
3: I think NIS did the, the localization stuff on the the MV one on switch. And it had it like a, a, like a mini RPG in there as well.
0: Oh, that's cool. Um, the darker aspect of course, of RPG makers that there were, um, because it's democratized and, it can uh, have some projects like uh, Super Columbine RPG and things like that. Oh,
2: Christ yeah. Almighty! So yeah,
0: people who uh, are kind of tasteless or awful can also people think like they're funny. Us.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So Edge Lords. Yeah, yeah. They're there. That was honestly one of the earliest games. Media kind of weirdness. Brian Crescente was on the ground reporting about Super Columbine RPG on the back ground in the day, Leg- legitimately on the ground, like talking to this dude and stuff. Um, but there is, I think it's worth noting like any platform, like I mentioned flash and stuff earlier that having an open platform like that does mean that for a lot of the games that you get there that are going to be these interesting takes on RPGs, there's always going to be somebody, whether they have good intentions or just edge Lord intentions, uh, making some things that are a little bit out there, uh, a little bit woofda yeah
1: oof does um, the word all right in the 90s yeah. like we didn't really have much in the way like i said of tools but what people did was they would take roms and hack the roms and make their own mm-hmm. adventures out of them and yeah and doom mods were, were pretty good for that yeah yeah and the mods and doom as well but then you just get some 12 year old who would put a dick on mario and like make him naked and say oh, here's mario so you have the same thing going on with with rpg maker
2: there's no shortage of that stuff either. You throw a rock into a pool full of RPG maker games, and you're going to get some weird hentai stuff in there. You're going to get some ones where they made it so that Barney is the enemy and stuff like that. Like, oh, it, yeah, you're that's always 90s. that's literally you give what it's was like the everybody mythic putting quest?
0: Thomas the Tank Engine in like every single mm-hmm. mod in every game for some reason, just because you can. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. There, there was a really good gag on that mythic quest. A TV show about game development where this game developer is really psyched about this shovel that she's making that's going to let the players dig holes. And everyone keeps telling her, no, don't do it. And they won't tell her why. And so she gets really stubborn and adds it one night. And they're like, oh my God, you added the shovel, didn't you? And she was like, yeah, it's great. They're going to be able to dig holes. Let's see what they're doing. And everyone just dug dicks in the dirt <laughs> with, with the shovels. Uh-huh. And the entire world was filled with these giant dick shaped holes. And. Uh, that's I mean that's what it is but I think it was worth noting some of the stuff because there are ones that have gained a lot of media attention to uh, around uh, specifically that even when I was researching for this piece or piece podcast (laughs) (laughs) even when I was researching for this article uh, I I found a bunch of ones I'd never heard of before that are still being made nowadays that are like edge lord things and I don't think that's a fault of RPG Maker, to be clear. Nah. Well, no, it's was, just it's a tool. Just, it's the nature of the free platform. If we were doing a video about Flash games, we'd have to talk about some of the Flash games that are out there, too. Oh, there
1: you were you some Flash games. You. And you, you, there were some Flash games them. out you there. You couldn't
2: play them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. went no. out I, for, I still for have um, what, what, the Infinity thing, the player, because that's how every once in a while I get the inkling to want to play Winnie the Pooh Home Run Derby. And oh, so geez. that's how. That's how I load it up because I love Winnie the Pooh Home Run Derby.
1: I had a visceral reaction to you saying that.
2: Yeah, Dr. Horror in the chat is asking, have LGBTQ plus developers used RPG Maker to create more diverse games? I'd have to look into that. A lot of the games I've played have generally been, I'll I'll say they are definitely, they will have LGBTQ plus characters in them. A lot of the development is around there. Omori had a non-binary character. Omori Omori did... um, I don't think Get in the Car Loser was built in RPG Maker. I think that was a oh, no. game maker game. I'd have to Google that. I but, love that game. So gay. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's it, a tag for it on itch.io. Just gay. There's a top tag on itch.io that's Top just gay? games tagged LGBT and RPG Maker.
2: Mm-hmm. Itch.io is the best place to find this stuff, by the way. And, and, People should go to ItchIo more often because it is the best place to find like cool stuff that indie game developers are working on. Especially indie game developers that are like indie as hell. Like Yeah, as indie as you get. Not indie but backed by billion dollar devolver (laughs) digital. They they have
3: um, they also have like non video games too. That's, that's mm-hmm. kinda wild, mm-hmm. uh, from like um like there's a whole genre of like um journaling RPGs.
2: Oh, those are oh, so good. Which are we should yeah, do an episode those be about really those cool. sometime. Yeah. Those That'd are be a very, topic. very cool. Yeah.
0: RPG Maker. Uh, its history goes back a long time. It's intertwined in the history of the media going all the way back to nineteen ninety two with RPG Tsukuru Dante ninety eight developed for the pc 98 and it's still going on steam to this day and so many amazing and many mediocre and some outright bad rpgs have also come out on that thing but one way or another it's significant uh vivi you're i mean you've made an rpg on rpg maker um it's a topic that interests you do you have any final thoughts on rpg maker um
3: we'd be remiss if we didn't actually mention like corpse party or to the oh yeah you oh, know, the, so two, really,
2: oh. Um, uh,
3: two really big RPG maker games. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, both of them I, I haven't played, but have had people that don't play RPGs or video games talk about to me. Um, so anyway, I, we have to at least name drop them.
2: Yeah, of course. Party is considered pretty important in the indie horror scene, especially as it has grown and grown and grown. There's like a million versions of it now. Tell <laughs> me more about
0: Corpse Party as someone who does not play indie horror RPGs.
2: The the basis is it, it, it's a very basic setup for a horror setting. A bunch of kids go to a school, uh, do some Ouija board shit, and everything goes wrong. Uh, but it was it was one of those games where somebody was clearly very ambitious with what they wanted to do in RPG maker. And it left an impact because of that, the same way that you Nikki, uh, we didn't really talk about you Nikki. So let me give you like the short on that too. It is about a girl that is trapped in her room and can't leave her room. But when she goes to sleep, she dreams and the dreams are what she explores and it explores a lot of really interesting topics through that. Um, and to the moon is, I've never finished it mostly because it makes me extremely depressed every time I play it. Uh, oh, Cause no. it's about, I, I'm, I'm going to steam page this just to make sure I get this right. Uh, because it has it's been psychological about, like, drama. Yeah. It has been about like five years since I last opened it. So um, it is about two doctors who uh go into the heads of patients before they like breathe their last. So basically it's like a San Junipero type thing uh, and give them kind of a chance to fulfill their dreams in, you know, before they die, die. And so this one is specifically like an elderly man and they kind of go into his past and his dream is that he wants to go to the moon. And you kind of figure out why things happen in his past that never came to be and try to re- redo them and fix them. And it is. I, every time I play it, I get I'm getting sad thinking about it right now. <laughs> like I'm legitimately trying to hold back some emotions right now because it is a heart wrenching game, but it is very good and has resonated with a lot of people for a lot of reasons. So. I do think if you're looking for RPG Maker games to play out of this, I think One Shot should be on your list. Because yeah, One Shot's great. It's a great one. Omori is a great one. Uh, To the Moon is a great one. Corpse Party, I'm going to say, is a little bit. Look and read the Steam description before you <laughs> jump in. Because it's very much like, oh, we're in another world where there's like big, gross, grody monsters and stuff like that. And if that's not your vibe, just. You're good. You can play other stuff. But if you like horror, if you like nasty, scary monsters and stuff, there you go. You got one.
0: (laughs) All right. That was our RPG Maker topic. Thank you so much to Vivi Complex for sharing it with us. And Vivi, we're going to keep you on the show for a little bit longer. Okay. As you can't get away. (laughs) (laughs) As we continue on to our ongoing segment, our new ongoing segment, the summer of Gundam. (laughs) Each week we are going to be doing a different topic, Related to Mobile Suit Gundam. We just did our Axe of the Blood God guide to Gundam. That is intended for newcomers and veterans alike. To be able to fully appreciate this giant sprawling ridiculous metaverse. One thing that we didn't talk about as much during the summer of Gundam. Was Nadia
1: and Eric's homework.
0: Nadia and Eric. How you doing? How's your progress
1: to Gundam going? Well, almost finished. uh, What do you call it? The the re- uh, the origin which, yes and mm-hmm. going through it it's like man char is a scary ass mf i'll tell you that mm-hmm. much right now mm-hmm. he's the kind of person who it's probably not spoilers to say this but this is really emphasized in the origin like he's one of those people who is extremely charismatic and charming and he will use you in two seconds flat and throw you aside Because mm-hmm. i'm watching his interaction with garma and it's like oh this this poor gay boy just has no idea what's coming <laughs> to him and he's he's being led like just it's actually heartbreaking to see because I didn't really wow. even know Garma that well like through we all know what happens to him quite quickly in the original Gundam but it's he just shows like shows up
0: and then shows up. meets his
1: fate I do love though that there's scenes where like you have like this is like a lot of this takes place in a military academy and everyone's like kind of dressed up and they have their boring ass you know blonde hair brown hair and here's this guy with his you know anime ass I'm a protagonist I'm gonna die purple hair like oh <laughs> <laughs> Your fate was sealed the moment you were born, child. But I'm really enjoying it. Um, I actually the think baby I enjoy of the family. is. It. Yes, it's so sad. I like him. I like. I like him. I like Garmin. How about you,
2: Eric? Uh, so right before we started this podcast, like the thing I did right before I got on was I finished watching uh, Mobile Suit Gundam: Three Encounters in Space, Space. Space. and uh that whipped that was so I agree it's the strongest of the movies by far it was really really good still like I think my overall takeaway from the 0079 movies is even as a person who has not seen the show it definitely felt very rushed and certain things I would have liked to have a little bit more room to breathe out like does Amuro love Lala or are they just like bonded by telepathic love No, no he's totally
0: got a thing for her
2: yeah and she's got a thing for him but also has a thing for char and then char definitely has a thing for amuro that he doesn't want to admit so he just pretends he (laughs) likes lala so they're
0: all they're all new types right yes and one of the things so the the the, the definition of new type in gundam is very hazy so it's kind of described as you go into space and you start evolving or something and you start getting Mm -hmm. kind of telepathic powers so there's star children
2: is this sense eight is that what you're trying to tell me this is sense eight that's what we're doing with with the new types
0: um gundam is at pain to say that you're not you're not psychic okay you are not a and it's not a synonym for being an ace an ace pilot what it means is that you have empathy like increased empathy with other people Mm. you feel a greater sense of connection when you're all in space together. So what mm. Amro and Char and Lala are all feeling is connection. And um
2: It is sensate. Okay. Kind
0: of a pivotal scene <laughs> where you know Amro is calling out to the rest of the white base crew. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. so
2: good. So good.
0: Really great, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole new type thing okay. in a nutshell. Later on, they're like, Yeah, you're a new type, you have superpowers, whatever. But like Okay in the original vision that's kind of what it was so t- t- i mean yes amuro has a crush on lala but like they're feeling that magical sense of
1: it actually reminds me a great deal of i don't know if any of you have read the crystal the chrysalids by john Wyndham. it's uh very similar to that and that you, uh, after a nuclear war a certain subsect of humans get the power to communicate with each other over like um through through thoughts and it's kind of a controversial book i think in this day and age because it drives home the point that only the people with these emotional powers can really have a connection with each other and Mm. marrying someone outside of that pool is like marrying someone with like a severe disability which is the comparison they made and has its own problems but Mm. yeah it's uh it just reminded me a great deal of that
2: i I was just gonna say that like I think the third movie was very, very good. I love that it did not pull his punches. They straight up tell a dude that he's turning into Hitler at one point. Like, they just don't yeah. even pull that punch back. But he's back. Like,
0: sounds like, sounds like a cool dude. I'd like to subscribe yeah, to his th- newsletter. That dude
2: was legitimately <laughs> like, well, I've never read this book about this guy. But if he's like me, then we're doing great. And I'm sitting there like, wow. <laughs> Gundam's writers head balls. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, also boy. 70s. It's a little uh, bit different. But but. Yeah. What did you think of
0: the headshot?
2: Oh, the so good so here's the thing. I knew at some point in old Gundam, this is how like vague this is, but I'd seen this scene like six years ago. I just knew that at some point in Gundam, somebody floats up from nowhere and shoots through a window and takes somebody out. And I was always like when is that scene going to pop up? When's it going to make sense? And then we're like sitting there and and Criselli is in the ship and like kind of getting away. I'm like this looks really familiar to me all of a sudden. Why do I remember this? I see Char like floating up in the distance. I'm like no way. And then Char's just like say hi to say hi to your brother for me. And then oh my god, they they show it. They they show her just getting got and i was just like char char how could they do char wrong i don't want to watch anything else and find out how they do char wrong because Char's great i mm, coming out of the movies i'm a big char fan and i'm terrified for how that's going to get ruined the the reason he's one of
0: the most iconic villains in anime history i mean so
2: good no, the whole, sure. the scene where he and Amuro are space fencing. Are you kidding me? That is <laughs> yes. art. It's so <laughs> yes. good.
0: Space fencing. Yeah. The entire Gun- Gundam
3: loves good fencing.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: The entire finale in Abaoku is excellent. Phoebe, I was going to ask, what is your relationship to Gundam?
3: Um, I got into Gundam with Wing when it came on Toonami, ah, yes. and <laughs> uh, of I I remember. Uh, Try, like there was a dragon ball fan site or something that i went to every day and they said well, this gundam thing's really popular and uh, i was trying to tell my friends why <laughs> it was be great uh, and then uh i remember i would record it on the midnight run uh, ah. and uh so i've i've done gundam wing i've done all the ones that are not uh the the, the main gundam uh so it's gundam Ironically. wing seed and uh, so you've done the alternate Iron universe for not
0: uc it's
3: always been intimidating to look at U C, because ah. uh, because when you're well, when I was younger, it was like, oh, this is old anime. This doesn't look right. Where's the sharp this lines? Doesn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I I need to watch these movies. That's 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 mm-hmm. what I need
2: mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. The watching the movies will make you want to watch the the shows. Like I I just badly want to watch the show now. But I'm moving on to Zeta Gundam because we do have a timeline that we got to stick to so but i will watch the shows for zeta gundam i've heard the movies for zeta are not up to snuff uh so Uh, they're
0: very uh they're they're, different a lot they're they're hard to they're confusing also they're not canon because Mm. Mm -hmm. the end is different
2: yeah so i'm I'm probably just gonna go for zeta the show and just try to like speed watch so i can get caught up so we can do
0: Say an interesting show. Um, it's very uneven, and mm-hmm. the pacing is weird. Um, but also, it has some of the most iconic moments in the entire series, and it has Haman, my favorite character. So
1: um, yeah. Haman's pretty great. She comes up a lot in the uh, origin.
2: Is is she the the one that was married to Dagomba Gall or whatever the big no, guy? No, no. In the no, okay. No.
0: She's not in 0079. She is okay. one more that was example.
2: Hamon. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's one more example of uh, Char's Lolita complex, his Haman card.
2: Oh. (laughs) You'll know (laughs) her when
0: you see her. She's hard to miss. Char
2: Char doesn't want to admit his love for Amaro, all right? But it's going to happen eventually.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, they are kind of in love, honestly. Did you
2: see that? I I put that screenshot up there. Did you see that space fencing scene? There is subtext, and then there's just text, all right? (laughs) That was text. (laughs)
0: Well, I've had a lot of people kind of going, but yeah, but like, you talked a lot about like what we should watch, but like, what's the order? And this is Mm -hmm, the order mm -hmm. that I sent to Amy because she's Gundam curious now too. I said, Gundam 0079, start with that one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Gundam The Origin, like, so then you can get all that backstory and everything. Uh, Gundam The Origin is optional, but I I think it's worth watching. I like it. I think it's really good. I yeah. enjoy it very much. Gundam 0080? 0080, Gundam 0083?
3: Uh, did they make the, the Dreamcast game of 83 or 80?
0: Probably. Uh, there was a Gundam 0081. It was called Gundam Sanky. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That was mm-hmm. it, I think. Battlefield record. Um, just ignore that one. Uh, Zeta Gundam. That's after 0083. That's the direct sequel to 0079. You could honestly jump from 0079 to Zeta because yeah. Zeta is technically the direct sequel to it. It's just that all of those others add a lot of like texture to the world, you know, a lot of history. 0083 is a direct bridge from 0079 to Zeta, so it's worth watching in that context. Also, it's yeah. gorgeous. Oh, my God. Gundam 0083 is beautiful to watch. Uh, after Zeta, um, if anybody asks... I'll send you like a ten-episode guide of what to watch in Gundam Double Zeta, so that you don't, don't do have that, to folks. put up with all of the send nonsense. Send that to me. Send that to me. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I so I was watching with a friend of mine a while ago, and even that ten episodes was kind of a bit much. Uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be real. Like Zeta Double Zetas, hmm, but it adds so much to the canon. Um, Char's counterattack. Uh, that's kind of the the finale of that particular arc uh then gundam unicorn which follows up after that and then hathaway's flash you could skip nt and then after all of that there's some other things i wouldn't recommend watching f91 i wouldn't recommend watching victory gundam um and then finish up with turn a gundam the grand finale so that's that's my recommended order so have you all been taking notes
2: i i've got like a rough timeline in my head yeah yeah yeah
1: was uh, was
0: Iron
2: Blooded Orphans? Monday. I forget.
1: Was was Iron Blooded Orphans uh, canon or no? That's no. Uh, well, alternate. It, it's an alternate. It's alternate
2: universe. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's real good though. I liked it. I've heard it's great. That's why so I want to watch it. It, it ends
3: kind of kind of weak, but the the middle bit of that is so good.
1: It's
2: it's got some real moments in it, and I just yeah. like the main characters so much. The the two um, yeah the the two boys. Um, the Gundam pilot and his like leader, best friend. They have s- and Biscuit, the the Biscuit, cook.
3: Biscuit. Biscuit's the Biscuit. reason to watch that show.
2: Biscuit I love slaps Biscuit. the best he's a cinnamon roll. Is that a dog? No, he's he's this like cook that that just yeah, ends uh, up becoming like part of the the Gundam military troop and basically like runs all their finances and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he is just an absolute cinnamon roll. He's the best. He's he's great
0: you could seriously just go 0079 Zeta Double Zeta Char's Counterattack Unicorn and that's the entire shape of the UC. Like all the rest mm-hmm. is ancillary material, you know. So like but those are the essential like these push the story
1: forward kind mm-hmm. of. So I'll mm-hmm. definitely uh, be going to Zeta after I finish Char uh sorry uh
2: the Origin.
0: Yeah. But there's a lot of side stories and things like that, but those are those are the pillars, I want to say and watch
2: okay. 8th MS team at some point too cuz it's really I want to do that. that as well. I mean,
0: yeah. 080 8th MS team, 083, the OVAs, they're just fun on their own.
2: Mm-hmm. Like for mm-hmm.
0: for their own reasons. So. All right, that was the Summer of Gundam. We'll be back with more Gundam next week. But now it's time to wrap this up, Nadia. Take us home.
1: of piggybacking off something that happened quite recently but it's also related to kind of a nostalgia thing. Did any of you play with, speaking of like making your own games, did any of you play with Jerry's Mod or Gary's Mod or whatever oh, it was called yeah. back in the
2: day? Gmod Games, yeah.
1: Okay, so for our Uninformed it's basically, and Eric, maybe you can expand on this a little bit. It's kind of like a in-game Half-Life engine that was used to do machinima and stuff like that. It was actually the basis for a fantastic fan comic based on Half-Life 2 called Concerned uh, that was followed the adventures of someone named Gordon Frohman. Never thought he was Gordon Freeman, but anyway, the point is Gmod communities are their own little universes, and they have all the the weird quirks that come with that. For example, last week or maybe the week before, there was apparently a famous Gmodder who lost their mind and replaced uh, their famous popular mod with pictures, uh, let's say a really explicit picture from the ancient days of the internet that you don't want to look up.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I, I heard about this yeah
1: yeah so and apparently like if you i was actually looking at the code he put in there and it's all like a just in between the code it's all like a rant towards steam and gabe newell and i was dying reading this rant because i can't say most of it because it's really filthy but it kind of finishes with um like i will kill your family, I will kill your God, I will kill your 12 women. And I think when I read the 12 women, I, I lost it because I couldn't hang on to myself anymore. But anyway, the reason I'm bringing up Gmod is because all this like hullabaloo brought up a, a thing I read on Tumblr back in the day about like someone talking about how Gmod was its own little tiny contained universes. And <clears throat> I will quote this, this amazing story from a Tumblr way back in the day that was originally written by uh, Spooks Bergington. And uh, says, my buddy and I were crawling some servers on Gmod one day, just dinking around and being mild nuisances. We found one server where everyone had some ridiculous rank slash title, various mythical creatures and wizards and stuff. We bothered someone badly enough, probably made a big mess of barrels or something, that we got put in jail. But we weren't really interested in playing Gmod as much as just goofing off, so we hung around the server for a while. The residents were chatting pretty casually until someone said, in a frantic tone, Janice is coming. We need to get this place cleaned up. Janice logs in. He has the title of God. Someone sheepishly asks, hey, what's up, Janice? Janice replies with an ear-splittingly loud buzzing static noise that drowns out everything else on the server. My buddy and I absolutely lost our minds. And when <laughs> when I read this, or when I saw this guy had his like meltdown the other week, I said, oh my god, it finally happened janice brought down the gmod apocalypse and i was so glad that i was able to kind of share this story on twitter and people were like retweeting it and finally understood where this mentality was coming from like i was never part of the gmod community as i said i never had a huge interest in in making games but by god i just love it when people form these tiny universes and make themselves god maybe it was god you know the old testament god as we know him like playing gmod maybe that's what he does i don't know i'm not god i don't know what he's up to he could be playing jerry's mod maybe he is maybe he really was janice Prove me wrong so wait when janice showed up was it like deow, deow, like a modem sound or something like that it was just apparently like a, an, an ear splitting static squeal when he tried to talk so yeah <laughs> of course that's the voice of god <laughs> The voice of God is that. And the voice of God is also the sound of the PlayStation opening. <laughs> <laughs> I vote
2: Spire. Nook. Spyro
0: said it's in the chat. Checkmate Atheists. <laughs> Checkmate Atheists.
1: We have God's your God are real, and know what
2: he's doing. And God's in Gmod. <laughs>
1: he's putting boobs on a head crab right now. <laughs>
2: See, BB,
0: this is why you pay the $100 a month so that you can <laughs> exactly. be there. That's exactly bucks. why I did
3: this. Yeah. The big bucks. <laughs> it's my dream has come true.
0: <laughs> you too can pay us X amounts of money to be on the podcast in here while Nadia does the nostal- a Nostalgia Nook Pit thing. I think it's we'll not a pit, pit. or a nook. Well, when, well, that when was you ha-
3: brought up Gary's mod, I knew it was going to be a pit. Yeah. yeah. Gary's yeah. mod really
1: yeah.
0: can only be a pit. Well that's it for this week's episode of Axe the Blood God. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show once again, please go ahead and leave us a review on the podcast of you your choice. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore capot, Nadia is at Oxford, Eric is at CMoosey, and Vivi, where can people find you?
3: Uh nowhere on the internet. But in the Discord. <laughs> I'm always in the Discord. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's
2: <laughs> the Playing best answer. 14, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> friend me if you haven't if you enjoy the show you can also subscribe to us on patreon patreon.com slash blood god pod which is loaded with so much special content including the recent summer of gundam act guide from acts of the blood god also our pantheon episode we recently did final fantasy 10 charlie and dropouts you can participate in live episodes there's going to be merch coming pretty soon so much to love about the patreon and thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show we really appreciate it and you are the reason that we're able to continue doing this we'll be back next week as always for more rpg discourse and yelling about final fantasy 7 remake and all of that stuff but until then for nadia eric vivi and myself thanks for listening and happy adventuring